Welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. This is the finale, and we have giveaways. I, I didn't mention it before because I didn't know if it would arrive in time. I have a poster, the Soil Food Web, you know, poster I built with all the different trophic levels of the Soil Food Web. That's here, an identification poster. So that'll be one of the giveaways. We'll do three giveaways today. So stay tuned till the end for that. Thank you all for being here. Feel free to click below and click chat and say where you're zooming in from. I see there are people from the UK, Massachusetts, Greece. Wow. Denmark. Wow. New Zealand. Boise, Michigan, Australia, Sydney, Oklahoma, more New Zealand. Wow. Utah, British Columbia, Tennessee, Illinois, New Jersey, Santa Fe. Wow. Folks are from all over the world. This community is a global community. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this community. I'm so excited to share what I have to share with you today. This is a big one. This is going to have like a lot of things in it. I'm really excited because it's a game changer for a lot of people. Yay, Patricia arrived. Good to see so many people. Thank you for being here. Hey, Annie. Hey, Joey. Hey, Brian. Thank you all for being here. All right. Well, I think we're, we're, we're just about there. All right. <clears throat> Let us begin. Myth busting in soil microscopy. I'm so excited to share this with you guys. This is something that I, I, I've leaked out here and there, but never really put together. This is a, a story that I've never fully shared. So let's start here at the beginning, because uh, this is how I experienced it. So have you ever heard that EM is anaerobic? Effective microbes are anaerobic. Have you ever heard this before? So here's the thought process on that. Anaerobes are bad. Anything anaerobic is therefore bad. EM is anaerobic, thus it's bad. So this was the thought process around that. And this is a quote from the first edition of the Permaculture Student to my purple book. It, you might have one of these editions because you backed the Kickstarter or bought it early on. Uh, and then you there's a second and third edition. This is one of the reasons why there's a second and third edition, okay? <laughs> Uh, because it has a really negative um, quote here that's very, uh, it's very cautionary. And this is this is what Elaine Ingham was teaching people that EM was anaerobic and therefore it's dangerous. Well, you know, it'll kill your plants potentially instead of help them. It's that vinegar, uh, it's acids and alcohols. But those are the things that cause immunological responses in plants, actually. And that's why vinegar is such a big deal now. Uh, that's why Korean natural farming relies upon it so much. But I didn't know any of that at this time. And so uh, it was considered, you know, unknown territory. We were given, you know, warnings about, about messing with it. And so all of us kind of stayed away from it, except for a few, you know, and in the real question the whole time, this is like 10 years, yeah, 10 years ago, the whole time was, is it really that dangerous? Is it really? Because hold that thought okay because you know what is em let's talk about that first em is effective microbes it's this trademark term and name 
and product, but the microbes themselves are not trademarked. Okay. So, you know, EM1 people talk about, but really, truly, that's just lactobacilli. Um, and that that's very easy. That, that's lab, right? Uh, that's it's that that's what most people are talking about. But the reality is pro EM is what I was originally taught about from the person that we're going to get into with this. And that has Rhodosodomonas palustris. It has various forms of lactobacilli and it has the yeast, the Saccharomyces cerevisiae. And it's got the yeast flakes. It looks like this and this even closer. And then, oh, here's it in epifluorescence. So you can see that it's there, there, there is phosphorus being consumed by them. But it there wasn't enough for it to go around. So only certain ones got it, right? See that? So you you start to see a story being told, right? And this is why, you know, when I tested this, there was no phosphorus in it because the phosphorus that was in the feedstock that went into it was consumed by the microbes. And we always say the nutrients are in the microbes. But now I you actually have proof that that does happen. You can see that's where it went. And in the bright field, you really can't distinguish or see anything, even at 1,000x, with a limit of resolution. So why EM? They're selected endophytes. They, they, these are the endophytes that help complete photosynthesis. The yeasts consume the simple sugars and then turn it back into CO2, starting the cycle over again. And in some plants, up to 50% of the CO2 they use in photosynthesis comes from internal endophytic release of CO2. So yeah, this is how things actually work, right? And complete nitrogen synthesis. One of the things that lab does is turn, you know, nitrogen into amino acids. That's why it helps control the smell, the nitrogen gassing off smell in our chicken coops, right? And so it does that in plants in, internally too. So when there's excess nitrates, instead of them turning them into pest food and, and getting composted or eaten, turns them into amino acids, which gives the plant energy, flips the script. And it's like an internal nitrogen fixation. Um, and I use that term a little loosely there because they're releasing nitrogen that they're already containing, right? Um, and people, I mean, there's a, there's a debate around how to use that terminology with that right now. Um, but basically, those those microbes are fixing nitrogen and releasing it to the plant to survive in the plant. And there are ones that are in the trichomes that we know are fixing nitrogen, getting it from the air. And then there are endophytes inside the plant that are releasing nitrogen. But these things are also flowing and moving around. I mean, people, things are being released at, in, in root hairs. So why wouldn't they be released in the, the trichomes as well? So, so these things are all in a continuum and cycle. And so we have to keep that in mind. Um, so they are nitrogen fixers and there's nitrogen fixation happening, but it's frame of reference, right? And then they're all immunological triggers. They all stimulate the plant to react. And they're simply yeast, right? And when we actually do isolates of plants from rice and sugarcane, just on their leaves, we have a hundred, we have a, over a thousand yeasts pretty crazy right and so they're producing 
IAA, indole acetic acid. And so that is a immunological trigger and causes the plant to then go on alert, protect itself better, and it makes the plant healthier. So, so permanent sulfur bacteria, same thing. You know, it's one of the most abundant endophytes. <laughs> think about that. And then, and then think about the fact that like th these isolates are the most studied. So Rhodosodomonas palustris, it's the most studied of uh, uh, one of the most studied microbes. It's like E. coli, like literally we've studied this because it also feeds four different ways. We don't know how old it is, all this sort of stuff. It's fundamental to reality on earth. If we don't have that, a lot of our cycles actually break down, just like our muscular mycorrhizal fungi. It's working with so many of our plants that without it, it would be like us missing our mitochondria, right? Lactic acid bacteria, and this is why, you know, sterilized plants make no sense. Um, lab. And so we see that it's part of the entire life cycle of some plants. It's ubiquitously used because of the benefit that it shows in plants. And it also is a way to control things and sterilize things and keep pathogens out. The, the, the benefits keep going and going. But before I go any further, you know, who am I? I'm Matt Powers. I, I'm i an author, an educator, entrepreneur, soil expert, seed farmer, and family guy. And I teach people all over the world how to live more regeneratively from their garden to their seed saving to their homestead to their designs to their planning, their soil design the to microscopy and uh, it's been an incredible journey i really appreciate you all being here and and supporting me in it so back to em if these are anaerobic aren't they bad is the question that can come up right now because you're like wait but i thought they were anaerobic you you showed me all this other stuff but aren't they anaerobic well, he didn't think so. This is my very good friend, Quatamukvia, and he taught me that they're that they are good and they are selected, they're special. And I saw his results. He was growing food, he was growing cannabis, he was using it in all contexts and getting amazing results. He could explain what he was doing and why. And it worked is the bottom line. It worked. He got healthy plants and healthy soil and good compost and he taught so many other people and it worked for them too. So it worked for him. It worked for the people he taught it to and he could explain it. And it, and, and it was this whole other modality. And then he started healing ponds and waterways and natural waterways, taking away the algae, processing like the, the excess nutrient runoff, he started healing things with his bokashi balls just amazing work real work he did the work and i found all the published literature backing it all up so i found all the evidence in the literature sharing why that would work the way it worked and all the context that he had talked about so i had read the book that he read but then i found all the published studies in multiples that backed it up in different ways and then I tested it out and proved it to myself and learned all the benefits myself. And 
I still am, you know, I've got 15 gallons of EM right now, uh, or bio, I should say bio fertilizer blend that uh, was inspired by EM. So I updated the book, of course, <laughs> I put his recipe in there. Notice this is bio fertilizer mix because EM is a trademark term, right? So Bokashi, bio, biochar Bokashi is also his incredible recipe. Uh, and and I also realized, you know, this continuum is just wrong, okay? There's this facultative layer uh, where, all, like, microaerophilic ciliates live, and they're beneficial, and they're facultative anaerobes. So they're not truly anaerobes. And so when we say all or nothing statements, like ciliates are all bad, clear fungi is all bad, like, problems happen very quickly we 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 meet the research very quickly if we do some google searches and, and you know what i mean google scholar searches you, you get inside the nature database you get inside wiley's you know what i mean all those kinds of things if you have access to bergies this all falls apart when you actually have the the data um and so soil is facultative it's actually not aerobic or not anaerobic I mean, you don't want an anaerobic sometimes you may make it aerobic because Tillage is when we aerate the soil and it's highly oxidized. Everything's being oxidized. There's air there. That's aerobic. It's actually supposed to be in the facultative in between the two. That's what soil actually is because we're the only ones tilling the soil. And I know there's the argument of the back in the day when we had all these large animals, they were the the turnover, but they were matting the soil, the, 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 the plants down into the soil and manuring on it. They were never really doing massive tillage. I mean, ponds are formed by pigs doing their thing. So they're rooting around and they eventually make a wallow and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are things that till, there are things that, you know, burrow there, but it's so different from what we've done with tillage. It's unnatural. And it's highly aerobic, just like turning a compost constantly is so aerobic that you end up with pH eight compost at the end. That's gassed off most of the nutrients and it's oxidized. So we don't want that. That's why we have to let it age. That's why hot compost evolved in the past 10 years. And even in the past five years, people have learned this. So, and then this happened. I started doing DNA sequencing with the Oxford Min Ion. Um, and so this is nanopore technology. So it's a direct read. So you actually can see without PCR mucking it up and confusing your results, uh, a very pure read on what's actually going on, which uh, never was before possible. And so look, Rhodocytomonas palustris, you know, various of it are there ah oh, streptomyces actinobacteria is there lactobacillus is there uh, and lots of cousins of lactobacillus notice how it's like embedded in there the bacilli and, and lactobacilli like the lentilacto um the sure sure that's i can't even pronounce that one but you guys, it, it, this is what's going on. 
those are the IMOs taking over from those lactobacilli that you did as a pure culture with the lactobacilli that we use and, you know, in, in food and we recognize, and then it becomes these, the ones we don't recognize as much because they're the ones that are the IMOs. I compared new EM to old EM. I compared both EMs to old comp to all types of compost, old and new. EM is in all beneficial compost. Every you know, all like the best biocomplete Elaine Ingham compost, the, the Johnson Sioux method, you know, all of that, everything, it all has EM in it. Those microbes we just talked about. And so when some, when people say like, you know, EM is anaerobic, EM is bad, do composting, they're telling you to do EM. So we have to break these myths up and expose how to check on things, how to verify things, how to connect things in significant ways so that we're not tricked and held back and slowed down because EM is just a consortium of biofertilizers. That's it. You can make your own. I do. You can you you can design it. I mean, that's what regenerative soil is. It's a menu of, and there's a whole microbial menu section, you know. So there's nothing really holding us back other than the misconceptions and myths that are all around online, and other than us just doing it, getting regenerative soil, uh, connecting to all the information that's out there, and the people who are doing it, and making it work. Because the reality is once you connect these things, things just go, there's no resistance. So I really think this good, bad dichotomy of, of these microbes doesn't really work. Notice I said streptomyces was in there. That's a actinobacteria, right? Soil is facultative, not anaerobic. It's important to remember that. You can't see the difference also between the aerobic, anaerobic, or pathogenic bacteria with a light microscope. Remember, we just did the epifluorescence and you saw the invisible fungi and you saw the phosphorus. Couldn't see it in Brightfield either. So we have to do different things to get at different results. And light Brightfield, um, you know, the, 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 the modality that Elaine Ingham uses, I uh, just can't reach that. It, it can't do that. You can recognize pathogenic conditions in some pathogenic forms, but... E. coli, the pathogenic E. coli, and the, the like, the good and the bad E. coli, you can't tell the difference. But you can tell that from the conditions that there's likely more likely or less likely to be pathogens, and and that's that that's the power of 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 the microscopy, but also the limitation, and why you know using DNA testing is so useful, but also when you go back and forth and do what I've done for years now, you recognize the fact that 20 to 40% of all soil is, is broken and breaking down DNA from other organic matter. Like it's in the organic matters from the other organic beings, from the fungi, the plants, the other microbes, you know what I mean? Animals, all of the DNA is in there and it's being eaten and, and absorbed by the biology and they're actually using it. So when there's pathogenic conditions, the way that E. coli switches into pathogenic E. coli, 
there's been like a whole debate about this for a long time, but we now know that horizontal gene transfer is how it does it. It drops the genes of benefit and absorbs the genes of pathogens because it's all still there. It's in the ambient. It takes millions of years for, for DNA to break down theoretically. And it takes like days for, like for us to like be breaking things down sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, with DNA, like you can do it all in a day, but it's a long day. And so you, you, you tend to take do steps. And so it resists and fungi really resists. And so we have to understand, you know what I mean? We have to put caveats and conditions on all these and recognize that these limitations, we have to pair them together. They're actually puzzle pieces. And in the past, people have done one size fits all, one test to rule, one ring to rule them all, right? Like the Hobbit or something, but that's just not how it works. And they've made generalized rules. Like, have you heard this? Clear hyphae is bad, thin hyphae is bad. Um, these things are just not patently true, okay? Does this look concerning to you? There is thin hyphae, there is thicker hyphae. Turkey tail mushrooms are endophytes. They're grinding it up and using it on wheat and making that grow better. It's wild. And some people might see this and get super concerned and be like, oh, 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 that's past the length, you know, it's past three UM, you know, and it, with the three microns, is what I should say. And the reality is it's a plant growth promoting endophyte. So we need to like pump the brakes here a little bit with a lot of these generalizations that have been flying around. Because when we line things up, actually with the hyphae and the spores, there's a great diversity of length and expression. And within that, those are the mature lengths. Okay. So they're going to be thinner, sporulating right out of the spore, even thinner. Young hyphae can be smaller and thinner. So what about the false fungi, the actinobacteria? I've been worried about this one. No, actinobacteria are two-thirds streptomyces. And streptomyces is a primary decomposer and plant growth promoting endophyte. It's the second most common microbe. So the false fungi, the bad guy, is actually the second most common microbe in all compost, in all soils that I've tested with DNA. Testing, sequencing. So we have to like break these attempts at definitive rules up and, and look at how things actually are and let the data and the information and the feedback loop of nature speak to us and let it actually explain to us what's going on. And, you know, get some lab certified cultures so you can verify what things look like and why. So I, I think the good versus the bad here is not very useful. Um, and obviously, umomocytes aren't, aren't, aren't good, but they indicate that your soil environment is not good. So they're indicative of something that we need to take care of. So they're letting you know of a problem, vocalizing it. Vocal fungi is what Peter McCoy likes to call pathogens. That's good because then we figured out we need to fix things, right? It's not good for our plants to be in that zone. Uh, it's not like a high stakes environment where they're like, I could get hit by umocytes, but oh man, it's good while I'm here. No, there's nothing going on redox wise there. <laughs> That's where it's all waterlogged and like the wetlands are, you know, it's waterlogged soil. That's where umocytes like to be.
So not very useful. Hot composting, you know, um, gives us oxidized and alkaline. And you're like, oh, no, man, that's just pH 8 is not ideal for a lot of situations. No doubt. You no know, doubt. But let's not get so worked up because I have students with pH 5.5. They need that alkaline oxidized compost to balance their stuff out. And that's okay, right? Different strokes for different folks. Context is everything. So what if all soil science is based on a fundamental inaccuracy? What if that was the case? How would that change your perception of what's going on right now in soil science? Because all the numbers that they've been basing things off of when it comes to counting bacteria and fungi, they have to tamp it down to a 1 ml. Or they fill it up to three or four with the liquid and then add to the, to the next level ML and they count that. doesn't matter. Same problem exists. When you've got well-structured soil, 50% of your soil can be air. Did that work on you for a second? <laughs> we condense or dissolve solar compost into that one ML or up to one ML, right? But... How structured is your sample? I mean, if if your sample is highly structured, like I just said, 50% is air, and subsoil and compacted soils are all dense, and you pour that unstructured soil in and it just fills to the line. No tamping needed. No air. Hmm. Okay. Well-structured soils have a lot of air, you know, 50% or more. And so when we compact it into one ML, each sampling represents a completely different size space. So it's a different volume. Every year you create more structure in your soil, you skew the numbers more. If your soil is different structure from another soil, they're not comparable they represent different soil volumes. So the numbers can't help but be wrong. Always. So numbers are abstractions and we have to be really careful about that. And yeah, a separate issue is how hard are you tamping, right? So even adding it to, you know, one ml into water, it actually exasperates the skewing because you're dissolving the structure. So you're getting more structure efficiently like dissolve you're you're more efficiently dissolving the structure so it's actually making it even more skewed so the reality is how structured a soil is determines how much of the soil profile volume you're actually measuring so weighing the soil is also skewed by how the different minerals and soil types and have different densities and then the moisture content is weight soil structure skew this as well uh so Comparing the numbers that way isn't going to help you. You can't trust those numbers. So is it a perfect ML? No. But people say it's close enough. Is it equal to a gram? No. But people say it's close enough. But <laughs> diluting your one ML sample only increases the discrepancies. And so it's close enough for numerical generalizations but our numbers will be off every time for different reasons. So we have to accept that and put that kind of to the side. We can take those numbers, but we got to put them to the side and use other modalities. Because if it's numbers we use, we have to take it all into account. 
and accept all of it. And that makes it so those numbers are pretty unusable. Um, there's too many variables at work. So we don't rely upon those. We look at ratios. And that's a completely different way to do it. But we also look at the cycles. You might recognize these from regenerative soil. And yeah, that's the touchstone. We figure out where we are in the cycle because that's the availability and the form of the nutrient. And if you're a student of regenerative soil, you, this is just review. <laughs> and the idea is that we want to get as close as possible to the favorable condition so that our plants can then choose when to release protons or hydroxide, depending on what it wants, when it wants it. And this is actually, you know, where the plant does have choice when we actually get, do our part of the work so that it can have that ability to choose. Otherwise it's just in survival mode and releases uh, hydroxide or, uh, or proteins to get to the favorable condition. Just like when we're trying to heal our bodies, we devote the energy to that. And so when we're sick, we don't gain muscle. We don't gain strength. All the energy and the nutrients are going to healing. So it's the same thing here. And it's also, you know, the form of the nutrients available. We have to keep that in mind. So everything's always in mid-cycle. We need to give the plant the differentiation, the differentials in the soil to be able to make those choices they need to be in that sweet spot so they can pivot. And we need to understand where they are in the cycle. And we need to partner with that because it's a pattern at work. But we have to stay in the frame of reference. And that's the thing. A lot of people um, want to choose one frame of reference and have it count for all the other frame of references. But we have to stay within those lanes. And so... When we look at this, we have to see that that's just, that's just one aspect of a whole picture. And so adding in these aspects grounds us in a way that's so very important. If your phosphorus levels are high, you don't want to be doing this anywhere near your mycorrhizal fungi inoculation. Because the phosphorus will inhibit the, the, the mycorrhizal inoculants. It'll keep them in spore form. And then if it's high in, 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 in nitrogen and it's at pH, you know, it's nitrates. And so it's high in nitrates, meaning you need to turn that into amino acids before you bring it anywhere near your plants when they're past vegetative stage. And then you might need to control the, the, the nitrogen levels if you're dealing with perennials. So understanding that gives you such a different perspective. And then the pH, holy cow, look at that, right? But these are just a few aspects of a whole picture. And we have to understand that. Is it compost? Is it soil? Like, what are we talking about? What's the climate? What's the actual, uh, you know, say, uh, sand, clay, silt ratios? Where is this from in the site? How's this site been treated over time? Uh, those, all that information plays into a holistic understanding of the site so that we don't get tricked, we don't get fooled. And all that nuance, you know, can be noise and has in the past been noise, but now it's signal and it's guiding us to greater levels of growth and understanding, but we have to be sensitive to it. We have to be willing 
to listen and observe and take that and and do those tests and and look for that feedback and reflect. We must document accurately and compare these things across these differences as well. Is why the database is so necessary. But you know, there's more to this. We look at the whatever it is per drop, and we also look at it per 0.05 millimeters squared and in these little sections of a hemocytometer because measuring them in this context and those little squares the math is accepted and proven across branches of science in the medical world all all over so it's very stable very reliable but we have to stay within that frame of reference and we have to rely upon the combination of all the metrics. And you know, every test method has a percentage of inaccuracies. So we have to combine them. We have no choice. We just need to take everything with grains of salt and do as many key tests as we can, because we, we not everyone can do DNA testing, right? And and that that's the that's the reality is the microscope perspective, as we talked about last time, is the actual real context. And so the DNA is a snapshot of a moving picture that's in reaction to the environmental stressors. And that's why you can have morphological identicals with completely different DNA because the environmental stressors are the important part. We need to recontextualize and we need to take a bunch of steps back. I think that soil microscopy is a neglected mega science to steal from the mycology folks. You're like, that's the, what they say about mycology, Matt. Well, this is to then. Uh, uh, <laughs> because the reality is, you know, this sounds complicated, but this is the seed of all reality. Um, we need to embrace that complexity because it, 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 it breaks down into actions that are very simple, that we know, we love, we get, we understand, and we can rock. So... We've all been doing the composting thing for years. We just got to tweak things and do some extra bits or monitor it now to get that organic matter to be what we need it with. And at the same time, we're cueing the soil biology to be right. And then it's about selecting the right cover crops and the plant roots and having proper photosynthesis happen because we all know, you know, that now there are non-reducing cover crops and there are reducing cover crops. And we want the reducing ones because we want the energy in our in our soil to be inside the carbon. And we also don't want to gas off all the carbon and destroy it with the non-mycorrhizals and non-reducers, right? We all know that now, or we should <laughs> get regenerative soil. Um, and then the minerals, people in the in recent years have finally figured out how important minerals are and in regenerative soil, you know all the cycles for all the minerals, you know the corrosion rates and the forms of all the minerals. You've got that as a reference. And so you've been doing the rock, proper rock dust. You've been doing the right you know, forms of minerals that you need for your site and your soil because every soil is degraded everywhere. I mean, if you read, raise your hand if you read Grapes of Wrath. You guys remember Grapes of Wrath? We killed the soil with cotton. Remember that line? You remember. We did that over a hundred years ago. And then what, what took over, remember, was the giant tractors and the bank-backed big ag companies that bought everyone's land. Remember this? And it was the chemicals and the machines that saved the land. Yeah, and saved farming and agriculture in America. 
And what actually happened was when they beat up the land so bad it couldn't do anything anymore, then they sold it to the organic farmers. And in the book, Grapes of Wrath, they go, they'll sell it to, to folks back east that just want are desperate for land because they live so tight in all the cities. <laughs> Crazy, right? Right? And so, like, we all know that the soil is degraded everywhere. And so there is no escape from degradation. There is no pure soils. I mean, North America was all logged and replanted with selected species over 100 to 150 years ago. This is why we have so many problems. They replanted none of them. None of them had mycorrhizal fu uh, fungi and inoculants, right? There was no mother trees. I mean, let's get real. There was no mother trees and they came back and kept going. They kept chopping things down. So it's a really huge issue. But here with our evaluation ratios, with our standardized fungal to bacteria ratio and biomass seen through the regenerative soil lens, that tells us how we interact and what actions to take with our soil and our plants. And it's very clear. We know what to do, but folks say, isn't Brightfield enough? They say, you know, this is what I try, I've been trained on. I, 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 this is what I've been told. Okay. So saprophytes are great. The fungi that you saw is wonderful for, for the composting. I love it, but they're, but they're compost fungi. Unless it's like turkey tail and that's not like grown on, compost that's grown on wood the the endophytes are like yeast and wait i'm talking about now i'm talking about em <laughs> yeah so we have to realize that saprophytes have a very thin margin of overlap with endophytes and they're select and we mostly have to add those and we can't see the relevant fungi the mycorrhizal fungi and the endophytes you can't see them so focusing on the microbes that matter, this is the fastest, easiest, most, most authentic and most accurate way to do this. And you can do so many more tests so you can make really effective, fast, strategic and tactical decisions in real time. And it's way more nuanced, more open-ended so you can learn in a feedback relationship with, with, with through these tools rather than the misleading, Brightfield's misleading. Uh, and a lot of these tests that have come before and these assumptions and these generalizations are very misleading. So the way that we do things is all about more observation and and allowing the nature itself to teach us. And it's led to so many more insights. And one of those things, one of those things that we figured out is microscopy is just not enough. Um, that's why you need the pH, you need the nitrogen. But those simple tests are easy to do you can use the cheaper home tests too, and they are elucidating. It's so powerful when you know these things. But we can't fully evaluate and understand our soils and compost and plants and fungi without the microscope. So you could do the mineral tests. You could do the DNA test. Remember, DNA is like flat, right? And it doesn't tell you the actors and tell you how they're interacting microscopy is the key con the context the the place where all these things meet and we can't practice soil microscopy accurately without going beyond brightfield and in this webinar series we've only scratched the surface and i hope that you've watched all the pieces because we cover the power of epifluorescence we cover and we show so you actually can see these things and you're like oh wow 
So this is the mature root. Oh, this is the, the wh where they're releasing spores. Oh, and we can see it all without damaging the root, without rinsing the root, without staining the root. And it's so fast. It's so easy. And you can't see all the stages. You can't see the fungi. Uh, and you can't differentiate it and can't be definitive about it any other way. And that's why all the fungal scientists are switching to this. All mycology relies upon this at the university level. Epifluorescence is proven. I mean, that's why Elaine Ingle was talking about it in 1982, right before I was born. This is the only path to mapping out the fungi properly to be able to work sensitively enough for your timing your inoculation rates and identification of what you're looking at to be possible. So what if you learn all the microscopy methods, including dark field? Because look at how like, organic matter looks in dark field. It's the scattered light so you actually can see the surface better. You can confidently test and evaluate your soil and your compost with a microscope from home. You can consistently verify that your methods are beneficial. You help others evaluate and understand their soil, biofertilizing, compost. And for you, it's easy. You have the tools that make this easy so that you can be confident about your results. As we've talked about in the past, people have been tricked. They're like, oh, there's these are the fungi numbers, but they weren't beneficial fungi. Oh, these are the bacterial numbers, but their numbers were skewed. You know? And so this is the pathway to fix all that. And you're part of a community of citizen scientists focused on soil, water, fungi, and, and compost. And you help each other out. You show each other your answers, what you're seeing, so that you develop your eye. You can do this. Your challenge is to join us in the full course, the Regenerative Soil Microscopy 20-week online course. It's 20 weeks of video with weekly online classes and labs. You'll be working with other people who are learning the microscope and working with each other in real time. This is a lifetime community. You get access to all the course materials forever. There's weekly training videos that are released earlier in the week. Then we have a live Q&A at the end of the week. There's replays of the Q&A. There's audio downloads of all the videos. We have live microscope training. You're going to be able to share what you see under the microscope with people in real time and give each other feedback, ask questions. I'll be able to jump into your small group and you'll be able to get the feedback you need to speed up and to learn things very fast, to, to be able to help people, to be able to help your soil and help your plants. And it includes the, the, the RSOIL database, includes the beta testing of that, which was going to come before that year premium membership. And then there's digital guides, rulers, grids, and rubrics inc included, and the regenerative soil microscopy, the ebook. And there's options with the with the, the physical book as well. So this is the schedule. We're going to start the week with videos, end the week with the live Q and A and the live sessions, and the surveys that I'll send out will capture all the possible questions that you'll have. And I'll answer them all. You can watch them in the replay, even if you can't join us live. And this is really in-depth learning. We're going to go down to the published literature. We're going to go down to the actual examples. We're going to actually see these things. Rather than just taking people's word for it, just planting, just do adding the inoculation and hoping, we're going to go take a look. 
And we're going to do small group learning. So you're going to network. You're going to meet with different people every, every week. We're going to be forming these breakout rooms and we're going to be doing tasks and we're going to be comparing how your compost and your soil, and you're going to develop your eye in real time. And like I said, we're going to go down to the original source material. This is so key to, 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 to really show people how these things came to be, where they came from, and also to help you develop your ability to read these material, these pub, the published literature, because you can. And then student-centered. This is going to be about you and your journey, your projects, your samples, and your site, and your breakthroughs. They're all waiting for you. So what are the benefits? Well, you're going to learn all these additional microscopy methods. You're going to develop fluency by doing it over and over again. And that's, you're going to arrive at the highest level of learning because as, as you do things, you're going to be sharing. And that's a form of teaching when you're having to share in a group. That's the highest level of learning. So you're encoding these lessons at the highest level as you share. And you also get to work with me. You, you can hop on there. You can hop on the video with me and, 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 and you guys can show what you're seeing. We can elucidate things, fix things, figure things out and do interpretation, all, all the whole nine yards. And it's lifetime access. So you can be participating in the course the next time through um, and asking harder questions. I love that. That's what regenerative soil is all about. Uh, we get We go deeper and deeper and deeper. It's lifetime access to not just the course, but the community and the regenerative soil community. The microscopy community is incredibly supportive and excited. It's a place where you want to be. And so how is this different? There's not very many programs out there. And so I've been able to take them all. We're going to be doing real-time microscopy based upon all the, the new methods that I've talked about and shared in this series. It's completely different from what everyone else is. And that's probably why you're here. <laughs> but with this course... We're going to do things where you're on the microscope in real time, and you can use something like this, like the Aver Media, or just plug in directly from your camera directly in. I use the Aver Media to split it, so I've got a screen, and I can plug in in real time, so I have both. You don't need to do that. You can just take it right out of the camera and plug right into the computer with HDMI. Um, and, and you can, you can share in zoom what you're seeing under the microscope, right? Then you can go up to settings and change your camera from the one on top of your screen to the one that's connected to their USB or HDMI. And so when you do that and everyone's comparing, you speed up all your learning. You're like, they're like, oh, you did this wrong. They're like, huh? They're like reach with your left hand and then, oh my gosh, oh, oh, you fixed it. And right, we all can help each other do these things and get through those silly little bits until we don't even think about operating this thing. We're thinking now about what we're looking at. And it's not about moving and using the microscope. That's all secondary to you because you're an old hand at it. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you the practice you need, individual feedback and small group feedback that you need to speed up. We're going to do a lot of debunking as we've done today, right? How many people are having fun? How many people have enjoyed today's, you know, reveals? Let me know in the comments. Thank you for being here, guys. I love finding out what's true, finding out how you can replicate that exact epiphany for you so that you can debunk it and feel that truth for you. I love that. That that's authenticity. And when we demystify things, 
you see clearer, I see clearer. We finally communicate deeply and congruently. And then all the breakthroughs come. You get to explore because you understand where the known and unknown edges are because there's transparency, there's openness. And that allows us to actually do testing and experiments that prove out what is what at that edge, right? I mean, people are talking about dark septate endophytes and none of them had images that were them that they had taken themselves. None of them were actually cultivating things themselves. They're like, they're just ubiquitous. And um, that's uh, not the case when you go to farming communities or places where, where it's arid, you know what I mean? And maybe even the wild species, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. But but that's not the case in agriculture. And so, so we really need to be cultivating things um, other than some labs and the universities and other things, dark septate endophytes aren't, aren't, aren't being, and I, I have a way to do it in regenerative soil, but people aren't buying it, right? There's not like, I bought this dark septate endophyte mix and I'm adding it. You can do a prep that will get it along with a group of other things if it's there. So I have that prep, but, but that's what I'm saying is we need, we're still in a receiving space. We're still exploring and learning from nature. I was telling folks earlier today, I mean, just like that grapes of wrath perspective, we killed all the soil and then they sold the, the, the dead soil plots back, you know, to people out East. And then the organic farmers, and the organic farmers were like, well, let's bring in compost and fix the soil. And then in the course of that, people discovered that, hey, there's microbes in plants that are healthy in these soils. And then they realized there's endophytes and they're good. They're good. They're not just disease, right? Because I mean, in 2001, 2004, it's either one of those, I can't remember which, but it's published in Elaine Inga's book. She said there should be no microbes inside plants. We had to explore to find them to know that that edge was there. Rhizophagy, if we didn't look to see that the exodus go out and then come back in and they bring the microbes in and then they destroy the microbes, oh my gosh. We wouldn't know about it. And that's happened like, you know, like six, seven years ago. That's like when, when, when the first published studies were in the mid 2010s. Ah! <laughs> it's like, whoa. We're just exploring and finding things still. So we need to have that perspective and share in that knowledge of where the known and unknown is so that other people can make those discoveries alongside of us. And there's ways to do that. And those discoveries are happening. I mean, I just, I, I just think of the, you know, the, the echytriad potworms that I discovered that had the, gl the glowing hairs. You, you could see the hairs only after you saw that they were glowing and then looked again at the animal and you're like, oh my gosh, that's the thing. You potentially like can, can do things, but you, but it's so easy when you actually can see it instantly glow and you're like, oh my gosh, that's what that is. And then you look back and you see it. You're like, ah, oh, I can see it now. But until that was revealed, you can't see it. It's, it's, it's one of those things you you can't unsee when you switch switch to epifluorescence um, and start using regenerative soil microscopy methods and, and 
those the, the the new stains and the new methods and the manual lighting everything changes you realize that what we've been doing has been so backwards what we've been doing has been so misleading and what we've been doing has been preventing discoveries at such high magnitude that we can have a 30 second conversation about how they do the math and everyone goes, what? Oh my gosh, the math is so wrong. How could they? That's why we need to be in discovery mode. We need to start our own home labs. We need to be doing this. We need to have a database. We need to be communicating. We need to map the things out based upon and relation to and in feedback with all these other tests, with all the cycles, with all these other people in community. So you may be starting a community lab and you may be getting people together to afford these things. Just so you know, I've got a special thing for you later on. You can get some of these things at 50% off. So just keep that in mind. If you're like cost, 50% off. And not only that, 50% off and maybe it's a, for a community lab. And so there's a lot of people involved, so it's much easier. And you might be the person that, that gets trained for using that in the community lab for the community. And this is all to protect our community because if we don't see, we don't know. If we don't test, we don't, we can't know. This is why Michigan had lead in their water for so long because no one tested. And it's a simple fix. You go to the section in regenerative soil and look, and you're like, oh, so we can like easily fix lead in the soil and then make it into an, an, a non-bioavailable crystal with, cal uh, with calcium appetite. It's like, okay. You know, and people in regenerative soil know this, but like, that's the thing. If you know, you can respond. The testing allows us to be more responsible. And in doing that, we unlock the highest levels of health. Isn't that beautiful? We take the highest level of responsibility that we can, and that leads to the highest levels of health. It's a beautiful, beautiful, congruent cycle and relationship. And it's something that I want for everyone and for our future, all of our communities, everywhere in the world deserves better food that is clean, that is GMO free, that is natural in the truest sense of the word that is imbued with all the nutrients that it could possibly hold and all the secondary metabolites that are the medicinals that cure us and keep us healthy. Get your feedback from me on your microscope work and interpretation. That's, you're gonna get that in this course and you're gonna submit a sample for review and get feedback directly from me to get your certification. And that's open to everyone who joins and it's open for forever. You know, you can take it next season. You can do do it now. It's 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 there. And then we've got some special options. We got a notebook option. We got bonus course option. We got you know mastermind extension option. Well, after we've learned everything, we keep doing the reps, and we keep working deeper. Plus, um, where are you going to store all that data if you're doing all this soil testing? How are you going to compare it? I mean, we lose the soil test. I did it last year. Where did it go? You know. And, and then how are you going to compare it and analyze it? That's what the RSOIL database is for. That's what 2024 is all about. So my guarantee here is I always deliver. This is my 24th book. <laughs> it's kind of wild when you think about it that way. 
Uh, and I, and this is my seventh Kickstarter. I always deliver and that's why people trust me. So there's a 30 day money back guarantee. Cause I, cause, cause I trust that it's going to be good. You're going to like it. <laughs> so come on, we start Monday. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be able to verify things that it, you can't verify any other way. Sign up close midnight. Uh, I have to honor the people who come. And there's also deals that are outside my control that are like microscope deals that are 50% off my microscope setup that are uh, this LW Scientific. They've got their own countdown. So I can't like stop the, <laughs> I can't stop them. Um, so there, there's, there's definite deadlines here. But what about the cost? Well, we've got payment plans, okay? So it, we've, we've got it broken down. You can get in easier. And there's huge, massive discounts. 50% off my exact microscope, but it's only till September 30th. And then 37% off all 2024 on all the stuff that is featured for soil microscopy at LW Scientific. There's a wide range, not just my microscope. My microscope is like the top of the mountain. It's the I bought it because no one had it, and I knew what it would do. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be this great thing. And it was. This thing never lets you down. You like will begin and be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it, it looks so good. You're going to call everyone in your family, call your friends, have everyone come over and just look at it. You're just looking at, you know, a bit of soil from the front yard. You know, this, the clarity here is unparalleled, unparalleled. Uh, this is National Geographic level. So uh, this is nature magazine level. This is, this is, and what's wild is it's like actually better than the, the journals. You look at the journals, they've got like fuzzy pictures of microbes. You're like, what kind of microscope are you using, dude? Like what kind of cameras? Like the iPhone? You know what I mean? Like, well, I guess iPhone now is so good. How could it have been your iPhone? So it's like, it's weird what they show. And I learned as I went along the way that they rely upon that because it allows them to be more definitive without you calling them out. And so LW Scientific is really, really good equipment, allows us to be very certain, allows us to, to be, be able to actually see things. And we have a huge discount through their whole line. So there's, there's a whole range of microscopes that go up to this and also are, are, are quite affordable and will be under $1,000 for incredible FDA-approved medical-grade microscopy. So... If you want to learn the regenerative soil microscopy protocols in depth with me in a 20-week adventure, join us. Start that lab. Unlock your soil. And if you don't have regenerative soil, I mean, please, at the very least, get regenerative soil so you know how to begin the process of unlocking your soil. Even if you have someone else do the regenerative soil microscopy test, someone else here who signed up today, but unlock your soil. Fix your soil. And I, if you're doing the test yourself, there's no brakes on that. You just go. There's, oh, it's the fastest way to fix your soil, fastest way to make your plants the healthiest they can be, the fastest way you can help your community. You can do this. So what if you learned all the protocols? What if you combine them with regenerative soil understanding and knowledge so that micro to macro complexity to simplicity to straightforward action to a holistic soil management plan what if there's a next level there is a next level yes
So join us in the 20 week course, see what is possible. I am so excited. This is, this is going to be my most interactive, my most reward, because this is connects everything. This is the pinnacle. This is the capstone on all the work I've been doing in permaculture, all the work I've been doing in regenerative. So we're going to tie it all together and then we're going to connect it to you, your soil, your samples, your biofertilizer, your compost, your site, your goals, and facilitate your breakthroughs. Because that's what this is really about. This is about your breakthroughs. This is about being part of a community. And this is about mapping our soils out, out across those unknown areas, connecting them and having those breakthroughs, seeing where those nuances are leading. This is the timing for EM for this plant type. This is the, it's all going to emerge when we have that higher level sensitivity. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to see the results that you get. When I released regenerative soil and had people doubling their yields, farmers raving to me about how incredible the results were, the the the, the peaches as we talked about, the, the 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 reversal of the fungal blights, the the reversals of the citrus greening, the all of it, all my students from all over the world. I'm so grateful to be able to provide this. And to give you all, thank you for being here so I, you guys could receive it so I could share because this is the only way that we can connect all that work that I've done to make sure that it's working, to make sure that it's connected to the actions that we're taking and make sure that we're not missing things. We catch things early before they turn into a macro problem. And we're in that pattern of relationship with the world around us so that we can respond, that we can adapt regeneratively. I thank you guys for being here so much. Thank you for being here. This, this course begins Monday. The deadline to sign up is Monday night, but Monday will begin. I'm just going to you know start it, you know. So you might be hearing from people that are in this community online talking about it, even though the deadline is still that night. So I'm really excited. I, I know many of you already signed up. I, I, I know many of you are already part of the community. Um, we, we have almost 100 people already involved. So it's, it's going to be really, really amazing. It's a, it's a very international group, folks from all over the world. And, and so many people have this microscope now. Um, I know because Mike from LW Scientific keeps telling me like people are getting this microscope. And not only that, if you're like, I already have a microscope. Uh, the unit on there, there's adapters. You can get the same camera. You can get the same lumen, epifluorescence and attached to your thing. And you're like, oh, but what about those objectives? You know, I want the the, the semi-plan. Well, yeah, you can get them and attach them too. Um, if the if the threadings are correct, and you can ask Mike at lwscientific.com, all those detailed, those nitty gritty technical questions about the microscopes, and he'll he'll totally answer and help you. And if you're an international person and you're like, the shipping's weird, what's going on here at LW Scientific? You got to call in, and they'll give you a specific. A lot of us have websites that are very like rigid, and so they have the checkout, and that's the checkout. 
And so it's like, you might have to, if you're international, you definitely will message them. And so you might have to, with other sites or other things that you encounter, that may be the case you just need to reach out and there's a solution right there. So I'm so excited for folks to jump on this. I did not have a discount this big. That's that, that is the case. I paid more. Uh, so, so this is a gift to my students and it's the most, I mean, it's the highest discount I can get and it's only for a limited time and it's the best way to save money on getting your microscope. And it's the best way to get the most desirable microscope for mycology and soil microscopy. It's got that epifluorescence unit. It's incredible. Changes everything. So I'm really excited about it. I'm, I, I'm can you tell? <laughs> Thank you for being here. All right, you guys. I had so much fun tonight. I hope that you had fun. I hope that you got some perspectives that you didn't have before. I hope that we were able to bust some myths for you. Hope that we were able to connect it to higher level understanding and holistic context so that you could be more active and more certain about the choices and decisions that you have and can make to improve your soil, to protect and improve your plants. Because all of it, the health of the soil is the health of our plants, is the health of us, health of our future, health of our community. It's always been linked. And the degradation of the soil, we can see it in our health. And so we need to bring that back. I'm so excited about this. I'm so grateful that you're part of it. I'm Matt Powers, grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. And I'll see you guys soon. All right, I'm going to unmute you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. What if you could verify if your compost was actually doing its job? What if you could verify if the inoculants, the mycorrhizal inoculants, biofertilizers are actually worth the money spending on them? What if you could diagnose what was going wrong with the soil or wrong with the plants and fix it and exactly know what to address? It is all possible. And it's all things you can learn in the Regenerative Soil Microscopy 20-week online course that is starting September 25th this fall join us for the full in-depth course that pairs with the new book regenerative soil microscopy if you want to know how to use a microscope to diagnose and evaluate your compost your compost teas and extracts your roots mycorrhizal fungi your soil and all your amendments and biofertilizers then this is the course for you it's new videos at the start of every week for 20 weeks straight and we have live q a at the end of every week i'll send a survey out so everyone's questions get answered regardless of whether they are with us live because i'll move the live around so that we'll reach people in different time zones because we're a global community it's going to be incredible there's live sessions that we're going to have with other people in the group with our microscopes you're going to be able to see the work of other people on their microscope in real time and develop your eye. I'm gonna be able to jump into your group and we're gonna be able to examine and troubleshoot and help everyone learn how to use microscopy to better understand their soil, their compost, their actual samples. 
We're gonna do a lot of work together on interpretation and diagnosis and understanding and extrapolation from these tests. We're gonna walk through it step-by-step step together with me, the author and creator of the Regenerative Soil Microscopy book, course, and methods. So you're gonna see going down to the original source material, why I chose what I did, the test results that I got that led me to the choices that I made to create the methodologies we have today. It will surprise you and inspire you because we are at the cusp of a revolution in soil science. So dig deep with us this fall in regenerative soil microscopy. Explore and understand the world at a completely new level and transform your soil, transform your plants, your food, your animals, your forage, your landscape, the environment from the soil up. And we'll cover everything. Not just Brightfield, we'll go beyond Brightfield. You've waited long enough. There's Darkfield, there's epifluorescence so that you can see the invisible fungi, so that you can see where phosphorus goes and glows. And also biological stains, so you can verify that things are actually active, that the and, and, and without the freezing, without the liquid molten agar, these are living samples that are just diluted one to 100 and then stained. It's it's incredibly easy it's, it's so fast and it's an all-new method so i'm so excited about this i've been able to verify things with world-renowned scientists highly published scientists people who have been teaching and focusing on this area of study of microscopy for 40 and 50 years i am so excited to share this with you because we've all waited long enough to know how soil actually works. To not be fooled by the numbers and the math that has been legacied in. There is a path forward that disambiguates, that opens new doors, that pairs with DNA sequencing, that pairs with the new understanding of the way genetic transfer occurs, especially in the soil environment, the composting environment, and the rhizosphere environments. If you want to learn how to not just understand your soil, but to see that the things you're doing are actually working, that the money that you're going to spend or, or have spent was worth it so you don't get fooled again, this is the pathway. We need holistic testing. We need holistic microscopy, and we need to combine them in a new methodology, regenerative soil microscopy. I hope you join us. I'm Matt Powers, author, educator, seed saver, citizen scientist, and family guy. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. I'll see you soon.